everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. All right, everybody, welcome back to God's Plan, Your Part. Today we are looking at Exodus 33 to 35, and basically what we're seeing is the wrap-up, kind of the follow-up to the golden calf. Uh, then we get the renewal of the the law, the covenant. Uh, basically, God's going to remake those stone tablets well Moses is going to make them then God's going to write them and then uh, we get kind of we get to work on building all these things that we've seen all the plans for so as we're reading over this stuff Jenny what stuck out to you something I noticed from this reading was in chapter 33 it actually says it back to back in I believe like two verses God is referring to Israelite people as a stiff necked people so my instant uh, visualization of this is um, like a person who has to wear like a neck brace who is unable to move or unable excuse me to move their neck to see things around them and so I think God is comparing the people to this because they are just so unable or unwilling to turn their eyes turn their view to what the Lord wants from them and is just making some pretty dumb choices pretty quickly after coming out of Egypt, which is surprising and pretty frustrating to God. I, I'm looking at, I'm looking at like the, the actual Hebrew for stiff neck people. And it literally just means like heavy and burdensome. Oh, there you go. That makes so sense. he's very frustrated. Uh, you actually see that the Lord basically kicks off this couple of passages with saying, Hey, it's time to go to the promised land, but I'm not going to stay in your midst. Uh, because if I do, I will consume you. Mm-hmm. And basically what God is saying is like, hey, you people are so sinful that like if I am in your midst and you do something sinful, you're all going to die. die. Yeah. And so it kind of continues this theme of the importance of holiness that has been de- developing across Exodus as we've read it. Uh, and I think, again, like I've said it many times, but I think that is lost on us. And I think we do need to go on like a journey of rediscovering how important holiness is because here with, with God and his people, like, it's no joke. Like, it's like, hey, you better take this seriously or you're going to get hurt. Well, we see that, too, with the almost severity that or the level of seriousness that Moses takes when he is talking with God. Because yeah. there's, a, there's a section where it talks yeah. about how God, when he is talking with Moses, after the fact, Moses' face shines like it actually is like obvious to the eye that his face is shining after talking to God. And once Moses delivers the message from God to the people, he covers his face so that I guess he can keep that holiness factor um, when approaching God the next time. So it's just, it's interesting how, like you were saying, that is very, um, it's a very serious thing. It is a very serious thing, and it is something, unfortunately, we're going to see them mess up over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Um, But here we see, like, Moses is interceding with God on behalf of the people, and then Moses is going to go up on the mountain again. God is going to give him the tablets, uh, like he's going to write on the tablets, renew kind of the law again. Mm -hmm. What's interesting to me, this is Exodus 34. Uh, If you look at Exodus 34, verse 6, I'm actually just going to read the whole verse. 
The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means, by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. What's interesting about this is if you read over that verse, like say you kind of like pick that verse to focus on, that doesn't seem like the made up Old Testament God that's so angry mm-hmm. and so hateful and so jealous. Like he, he, he is jealous. He a lot to Jesus and what we think of. Exactly. And you will see Jonah talk about these character qualities in the book of Jonah. And that is why Jonah knew God was like this Mm -hmm. and didn't want to go to the Assyrians because he didn't want them to be forgiven by a gracious, Mm long-suffering God. So I think it's really important, again, to continue to read the Old Testament, continue to find in the Old Testament that Jesus is not some new concept that was like, came out of God changing his mind. God has always been the same. Uh, God has always been gracious and merciful, and it actually sh- we actually see that in Exodus. So I love seeing passages like that. Mm-hmm. Something else that I really thought was cool in chapter 33, just again talking about Moses and him speaking with God and uh, delivering the message to the people. In verse, let's see, what is this? Verse 9 of chapter 33, it says, When Moses entered the tent... The pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent, and the Lord would speak with Moses. So a little bit of a callback there is God is again taking the the form of this pillar, mm-hmm. which seems, you know, interesting, but it's that callback to Egypt when he was guiding the Israelites through um, that, that, whatever that is, the, the land to the sea. Mm-hmm. I just think that's super cool that... There's something about being in a pillar of cloud that is unique to God. So I just think that's really interesting, that one callback. Uh, but then again, we see Moses making the tablets and then kind of moving into this new, or God is moving into this new covenant, like, okay, take two. We're ready to try this again. Um, and they start bringing together all these different craftspeople and all these different materials that they have to begin building up the tabernacle, which is pretty cool. So you are going to see when God reconfirms his covenant, his covenant is conditional. What that means is they have to do something to receive the thing that he's going to do. It says don't come empty handed. Yeah. God's covenant with Abraham is unconditional. God goes to Abraham and he says, I'm going to make you a mighty nation. You're going to have many descendants. Kings are going to come from you. Abraham doesn't have to do anything. Moses, the covenant with Moses, the law uh, is like, I will do this for you as long as you do this with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the things he um, <laughs> explains to them is, I will drive the people out before you as you come into the promised land as long as you destroy their idols mm-hmm. and drive their people out and stay away from their women. Spoiler alert, they're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And so what we see happen with this Mosaic covenant is that God blesses his people, he cares for his people, as long as they are responding to him because it is a conditional covenant. So when they do not follow that covenant, God removes his blessing mm-hmm. and does not look out for them. And ultimately they get taken into exile Serving a long time from now. Serving other gods. Exactly, yeah. Making sure that they remember the Feast of Unleavened Bread, remembering the Sabbath. 
Yep. And the the people groups, I keep hearing them over and over again. Canaanites, yeah, it's Hittites, repeated the Parasites, same way. Hivites, is it like in order of how they will be pursued in the future? I think it's just the people that are there. Okay. Uh, something else I picked up when I was reading through this, I like I like looking for these threads. Um, this is just the thread I'm looking at currently. When Moses was with God on the mountain, he fasted. Uh, so this is Exodus thirty four twenty eight. So he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He neither ate bread nor drank water. And he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. Um, fasting is going to be a really, really interesting thing we're going to see develop throughout the Bible. But fasting is like our bodily response uh, to a spiritually significant event. And so when Moses is with God, he is putting on a fast. So I think because he was completely spiritually present. And they didn't understand spirit separated from body. They understood like we are one thing. We exist both spiritually and physically. That is true. That is how we continue to exist. And so fasting is like a physical response to a spiritual reality. And so Moses, when he's with God, is so uh, taken with God. It's like, hey, you know what? I don't need to eat. I don't need to drink. I just want to enjoy being in God's presence. Um, so I, th I thought that was interesting. I had not actually noticed that before. Um, and then we move into 35 and in 35, we're going to get, uh, reintroduced to Ohalab and Bezalel. And basically God is pouring out his spirit on these folks to be able to do the things he's called them to do. Uh, and we're going to start building the tabernacle. So I think our takeaway for today would definitely be in the idea of the holiness of God. So what that looks like for us today um, is not necessarily us remembering to strictly follow the commandments, the Ten Commandments, or uh, remember to make offerings for certain things because Jesus is that for us. Yeah. Uh, I, read, I was reading a book recently, and he was talking about, the author was talking about how early Christians seemed to have no concept of a faithful Christian who continued in sin. And it seems like in our culture today, having lost some of that sense of holiness, mm -hmm. it's like, well, you know, Jesus, you know, Jesus. It's like, well, you know, I had, I partied a lot this weekend, but you know, Jesus. Like, right. so uh, Romans 6 is going to say, uh, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Like, we don't ever want to be in a place where we're like, well, yeah, Jesus. And you're like, literally just taking advantage of right. Jesus. There's right. another... There's another New Testament letter that talks about like when you take advantage of Jesus, you're like killing him again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so let's not do that. Let's actually rest in the holiness of God. Let's reflect on the holiness of God. Um, and let's be, you know, a little bit convicted by the holiness of God. It's okay mm -hmm. to continually confess and repent before the Lord because he is holy. So I think for sure it is remembering that Jesus is that sacrifice for us and we are no longer bound to the older covenant. Um, but that because of his sacrifice, we can't continue to take advantage of who he is or what he's done for us, um, but to live in a life that is aware of the holiness of God. All right, so no small task today. Just live your life reflecting the holiness of God, <laughs> which actually is a great thing to do, and we encourage you to do it. So we'll be back again tomorrow. We only have two days left in Exodus, so oh we're going to be wrapping this up soon. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening to our take on God's word. Stick around and listen to the word uh, on the second part of the podcast. Before we get in there, 
Uh, we just want to remind you, you can connect with us at any time on social media and YouTube at God's Plan Your Part. Also, we are a listener-supported podcast, so if you ever want to help us out with the ministry that we're doing, uh, you can do that by clicking the link in our description. And now, here's the reading for today. Exodus 33. The Lord said to Moses, Depart, go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought up out of the land of Egypt, to the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, To your offspring I will give it. I will send an angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go up among you, lest I consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. When the people heard this disastrous word, they mourned, and no one put on his ornaments. For the Lord had said to Moses, Say to the people of Israel, You are a stiff-necked people. If for a single moment I should go up among you, I would consume you. So now take off your ornaments, that I may know what to do with you. Therefore the people of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments from Mount Horeb onward. Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, far off from the camp, and he called it the tent of meeting. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would rise up, and each would stand at his tent door and watch Moses until he had gone into the tent. When Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand in the entrance of the tent, and the Lord would speak to Moses. And when the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise up and worship, each at his tent door. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses turned again into his camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now therefore... If I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways, that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. And he said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And he said to him, If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, and I your people? For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight? I and your people. Is it not in your going with us, so we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, This very thing that you have spoken I will do, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Moses said, Please show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But, he said, you cannot see my face, for man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock, and while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft on the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back but my face shall not be seen. The Lord said to Moses, 
Cut from yourself two tablets of stone like the first, and I will write on the tablets the words that were on the first tablets which you broke. Be ready by morning, and come up in the morning to Mount Sinai, and present yourself there to me on the top of the mountain. No one shall come up with you, and let no one be seen throughout all the mountain. Let no flocks or herds graze opposite that mountain. So Moses cut two tablets of stone like the first, and he rose early in the morning and went up on Mount Sinai, as the Lord had commanded him, and took in his hand two tablets of stone. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. And Moses quickly bowed his head towards the earth and worshipped. And he said, If now I have found favor in your sight, O Lord, please let the Lord go in the midst of us, for it is a stiff-necked people. Pardon our iniquity and our sin, and take us for your inheritance. And he said, Behold, I am making a covenant. Before all your people I will do marvels, such as not have not been created in all the earth or in any nation. And all the people among whom you are shall see the work of the Lord. For it is an awesome thing that I will do with you. Observe what I commanded you this day. Behold, I will drive out before you the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Take care lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land to which you go, lest it become a snare in your midst. You shall tear down their altars and break their pillars and cut down their ashram. For you shall worship no other god. For the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous god lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of their land, and when they whore after their gods and sacrifice to their gods, and you are invited, you eat of its sacrifice, and you take of their daughters for your sons, and their daughters whore after their gods, and make your sons whore after their gods. You shall not make for yourself any gods of cast metal. You shall keep the feast of unleavened bread. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread as I commanded you, at the time appointed in the month of Abib, for in the month of Abib you came out from Egypt. All that open the womb are mine. All your male livestock, the firstborn of cow and sheep, the firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. Or if you will not redeem it, you shall break its neck. All the firstborn of your sons you shall redeem, and none shall appear before me empty-handed. Six days you shall work, but on the seventh day you shall rest. In plowing time and in harvest you shall rest. You shall observe the feast of weeks the first fruits of the wheat harvest, and the feast of ingathering at the year's end. Three times in the year you shall, all, you shall all your males appear before the Lord God, the God of Israel. For I will cast out nations before you and enlarge your borders. No one shall covet your land when you go up to appear before the Lord your God three times in the year. You shall not offer the blood of my sacrifice with anything leavened, or let the sacrifice of the feast of the Passover remain until the morning. The best of the first fruits of your ground you shall bring to the house of the Lord your God. You shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. And the Lord said to Moses, Write these words, for in accordance with these words I have made a covenant with you and with Israel. So he was there with the Lord forty days and forty nights. He neither ate bread nor water, and he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. 
When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, as he came down from the mountain, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses, and behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses talked with them. Afterward, all people of Israel came near, and he commanded them that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. Whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would remove the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the people of Israel what he had commanded, the people of Israel would see the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face was shining. And Moses would put the veil over his face again until he went in to speak with him. Moses assembled all the congregation of the people of Israel and said to them, These are the things that the Lord has commanded you to do. Six days' work shall be done, but on the seventh day you shall have a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on it shall be put to death. You shall kindle no fire in all your dwelling places on the Sabbath day. Moses said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, This is the thing that the Lord has commanded. Take from among you a contribution to the Lord. Whoever is of a generous heart, let him bring the Lord's contribution, gold, silver, and bronze, blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen, goat's hair, tanned ram skins and goat skins, acacia wood, oil for light, spices for the anointing, oil and for the fragrant incense, and onyx stones, and stones for setting, for the ephod and the breastplate. Let every skillful craftsman among you come and make all that the Lord has commanded, the tabernacle, its tent and its covering, its hooks and its frames, its bars, its pillars and its bases, the ark with its poles, the mercy seat and the veil of the screen, the table with its poles, and all its utensils, and the bread of the presence, the lampstand also for light, with its utensils and its lamps, and the oil for the light, and the altar of incense with its poles, and the anointing oil and the fragrant incense, and the screen for the door, at the door of the tabernacle, the altar of burnt offering, with its grating of bronze, its poles, and all its utensils, the basin and its stand, the hangings of the court, its pillars and its bases, and the screen for the gate of the court, the pegs of the tabernacle, and the pegs of the court, and their cords, the finely worked garments for ministering in the holy place, and the holy garments for Aaron the priest, and the garments of his sons for their service as priests. Then all the congregation of the people of Israel departed from the presence of Moses, and they came, everyone whose heart stirred him, and everyone whose spirit moved him, and brought the Lord's contribution to be used for the tent of the meeting, and for all its service, and for the holy garments. So they came, both men and women, all who were of a willing heart, brought brooches and earrings, and signet rings, and armlets, all sorts of gold objects, every man dedicating an offering of gold to the Lord. And everyone who possessed blue, or purple, or scarlet yarns, or fine linen, or goat's hair, or tanned ram skins, or goat skins brought them. Everyone who could make a contribution of silver or bronze brought it as the Lord's contribution, and everyone who possessed acacia wood of any use in the work brought it. And every skillful woman spun with her hands, and they all brought what they had spun 
and blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen. All the women whose hearts stirred them to use their skills spun the goat's hair. And the leaders brought onyx stones and stones to be set for the ephod and for the breastpiece and spices and oil for the light and for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense. All the men and women, the people of Israel, whose heart moved them to bring anything for the work that the Lord had commanded by Moses to be done, brought it as a freewill offering to the Lord. Then Moses said to the people of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and he has filled him with the Spirit of God, with the skill, with intelligence, with knowledge, and with all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs, to work in gold and silver and bronze, in cutting stones for setting and in carving wood, for work in every skilled craft. And he has inspired him to teach both him and Ohaliab, the son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan. He has filled them with skill to do every sort of work done by an engraver or by a designer or by an embroiderer in blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen, or by a weaver, by any sort of workman or skilled designer. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.